This is Latin Pulse, a weekly analysis of news and public affairs in Latin America. Brought to you in cooperation with American University's School of Communication in Washington, D.C. and Link TV. And now here's host, Rick Rockwell. Bienvenidos and welcome to Latin Pulse. This week we join you remotely from Tegucigalpa, Honduras, and we have a special focus, human rights and the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community in Latin America. Human rights organizations say members of the LGBT community are now targets for repression in Honduras, with the ultimate sanction being murder. We'll discuss that and more during our in-depth interviews this week. But first, Vanessa Jesus-Gonzati has our weekly review of news from around Latin America. Mexico will host a summit of the G20, the top 20 economies in the world, next week. During June 18th and 19th, world leaders will meet in the Pacific coastal city of Los Cabos. Mexican President Felipe Calderón says it is the most important summit in history. This year, Mexico confirms it will play a leadership role on the international scene by assuming presidency of the G20. Last December, we became the first Latin American country and the first emerging economy after South Korea to occupy this relevant position. He also says that the event comes at a crucial time and that his government will propose a plan of action to address the European economic crisis in the long term. The G20 is also known as the Group of 20. It includes 19 country members and the European Union. President Felipe Calderón also spoke out about the presidential election that will replace him in office in Mexico. During the second debate between candidates, Calderón tweeted a response to Andrés Manuel López Obrador's proposal to cut the civil service payroll. After the leftist candidate said that cutting the salary of high-ranking civil servants could save 300 billion pesos, Calderón pointed out that it could only save 2 billion pesos or $143 million. López Obrador said he respected the president's opinion and wouldn't make a campaign issue out of it. Even though polls have shown a clear advantage by Enrique Peña Nieto, candidate of the PRI, the gap has been narrowing between him and López Obrador in the past few weeks. President Calderón says that still any of the candidates could win the election and that it is not by any means decided yet. U.S. authorities raided stables and a horse ranch in Oklahoma Tuesday, accusing owner José Trevino Morales and others of running a money laundering operation connected to the Zetas cartel. Federal authorities say Trevino's brother, Miguel Ángel Trevino, is an important figure in the Zetas drug cartel and that he set up the horse operation that another brother ran. They say that the operation entailed millions of dollars. Authorities arrested Jose Trevino, his wife, and five others, and charged them with money laundering. They also charged seven others, including Trevino's brother, but have not arrested them yet. If convicted, they could face up to 20 years in prison. The Zetas cartel is one of the most powerful in Mexico. I'm Vanessa Jesus-Gonzari, reporting for Latin Pulse. Thanks, Vanessa. This week, our focus is on the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community in Latin America, or the LGBT community. We've come to Honduras, a country where the LGBT community is threatened by traditional and conservative views. Our first guest today is Sandra Zambrano of the civil society organization called APUVEME. That's an abbreviation for Asociación para una Vida Mejor en Honduras, 
or the Association for a Better Life mm -hmm. in Honduras. Apuvame runs a shelter for those with HIV and advocates for the LGBT community. Sandra Zambrano, welcome to Latin Pulse. Thank you. We're told uh, recently in a new study that there have been 75 killings in the LGBT community in the past four years. That's six times as many killings in the LGBT community as during the years of President Manuel Zelaya. Do you feel threatened as an advocate for people with HIV and, and for someone who advocates for the LGBT community? I'm very sad because is that the insecurity this uh, this country destroyed too many lives very important for the community. The government is uh, um, don't don't bring nobody security is um, about the, the killing the the people the the community community the LGBT. Is 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 very um, uh, state this time in punida, punida, impunity. Impunity. The government of President Lobo is not doing anything with these cases. Is there any any investigation of these seventy five cases? And you mentioned to me before this interview that you actually think there are more than seventy five cases of people killed in the LGBT community. I think. Um, the cops and the military, military, uh, has no brain security for nobody in this country. Um, the the president Lobo and the secretaria de justicia y derechos humanos, he worked about the políticas públicas en favor. So so the the they they're worried about the. The public image. Ah, yeah. He um, he he said in the conference, the press, uh, is everything okay in this country? But day by day, um, the the people looking uh, in in this news in the news in TV is that too many uh, people, young people, died about the the violence. I think the violence. Violence. I think the community um, LGBT is uh, uh, is very sad because the ca the case no resolve. The impunity start. This this is um, this is a question I have. Honduras leads the world right now in the amount of people who are murdered. Yes. And so my question is, are members of the LGBT community, are members of the gay community targets? Are they just this many people have been killed because just the level of violence in this country is so high? Is the machismo in this country. So it's as if you're not human then? Yeah. It's better. I feel, I don't feel good because I'm people, my brother people, uh, my uh, Indira people, the Eri people, everything. Walter, I lost the Walter. Walter died in in, in December 13, uh, 2009. Can you tell me his last name too? 
Uh, Walter Troches. Yes, Walter Troches. This is one of the the major cases of impunity. Here yeah, in yeah, yeah. He is my uh, no biolo biologic son. Mm -hmm. He's my brother. I is that John? Uh, she 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 died in no. Uh, somebody killed to him. Is uh, the the Walter Troches? The the father of Walter Troches is American citizen. Mm -hmm. uh, he called to the embassy for the I need um, the the my son uh, resolve to the the case, but anything do it for him. Mm -hmm. And and there was another case recently, um, this case of Eric Martinez, who was killed. Uh, not just a member of the LGBT community and an activist, but but also a journalist and. Someone who who also worked. This is another case of impunity, is it? Yeah, not? I know, but this case I, I don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. Nobody say anything about this case. And and isn't that part of part of the problem? Part of the issue here that when members of the LGBT community are killed, no one talks about it. It doesn't usually end up in the news. Yeah, that's all. Because the, is the, the problem in the community is the organization, you know, have the, the union, is dispersed. Um, I, don't, I don't care what happened to you. It's, 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 I think it uh, don't, don't affect to me. Um, I think the the difference is when the a lot of people the community is have the union for the fight in union is the difference when the judge is up no it's anything but isn't it dangerous just to talk yeah. just just for us to have a conversation in spanish on the radio about this would this happen here do you get to do that no I think uh, when the activists uh, find the front, I don't care what happened to me because I mark the difference. Because I I am going to the on the bed, I don't say anything. The increment to the violence when the people assume it, the responsibility, the fighting, in. And um, um, don't uh, say anything. It's okay. Every um, continue the violence. Maybe um, I say somebody that what happened in the country. A lot of people in the world say what happened in Honduras. You and your organization have been targeted in the past. There are stories on the internet that. Yeah. People have tried to kidnap members of your organization. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the troubles that you've had? Yeah, and uh, I called to the police. I say, this man, take the picture. You know, have uh, all day uh, stay in the front, the building. Um, he he don't tell nothing. The, the police um, going to the station. He, no, no. Anything. They never came. They never helped. Uh, 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 I think. What is the the general feeling 
in the LGBT community now. Um, I read before I came here, it's not safe for people to publicly demonstrate that they're gay, that they can't hold hands, they can't kiss. Um, it, it, tell us about this climate. No, nobody have this security in this country now because uh, is that the is the is more different the community is um, too many people lost their life in this violence in a, speci a speciality that community LHBT in Honduras uh, in a speciality that com community transsexual uh, nobody have the answer. Why for the killing? Who killing? Nobody say anything. Yeah, the witness have the the you know. They have fear. Yeah, and nobody tell anything. Maybe have somebody uh, see uh, look the killing, not say anything because. To say something in the in the cops is the same criminals make the the killing somebody. It's very very dangerous now for the uh, work in the community LGBT in Honduras. If it's so dangerous, why do you keep doing it? It's my country, Honduras. I born here. I born die here. All time I find it, but I'm stay here because I need fight for the the right the peoples in the community LGBT. Thank you, Sandra Zambrano, our guest today on Latin Pulse. Sandra Zambrano, who is um, one of the leaders in the LGBT community here in Honduras, and her organization Apuvame. Apuvame. Democracy is synonymous with independence. Independence is synonymous with emancipation. Emancipation is synonymous with sovereignty. Sovereignty is synonymous with superiority. Superiority is synonymous with arrogance. Arrogance is synonymous with domination. And domination is synonymous with dictatorship. Dictatorship always finds its way. Amnesty International. Learn, indignate, act. Welcome back to Latin Pulse. Our next interview is about LGBT issues, issues for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community in Latin America, in Honduras, and beyond. We spoke with Mirka Negroni of the Center for Research and Education on Gender and Sexuality at San Francisco State University during this program's recent trip to San Francisco. Here are excerpts from our conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I wanted to talk to you about gender issues in Latin America, and we see this polar opposites happening right now where a progressive gender identification law gets passed in Argentina recently, but yet in the same time period we have gay rights activists and gay writers being murdered in Honduras. And Why do we have this... You know, big differences in Latin right. America. And I think it's really important to point out that there's been 75 murders of LGBT people in Honduras since 
the coup d'etat. Um, and the only reason we're hearing about Eric is because Eric, he was an amazing man. And this was, is Eric Martinez. Eric Martinez, about. the journalist. Because really, journalism is right now the most dangerous job in Latin America, Spe specifically if you're doing journalism on issues like LGBT rights or you're doing journalism having to do with the narcotrafico. Journalists are getting killed left and right, and gay and lesbian journalists. And actually, Eric wasn't just a journalist. He was a human rights activist. He was someone who, during the uh, very beginning of the coup d'etat was working on a human rights project funded by Ford and he would go into... That would be the Ford Foundation. The Ford Foundation. Um, he would go into the places where people be, were being held um, and figure out who were HIV patients so that he could get them out and get them meds. And he would also get out other people who maybe weren't HIV patients but were willing to say they were HIV positive so that they could get out of being held in these places where people didn't have any names where they were in a back room in the in a special part of the comiseria of the police station um so eric wasn't just a journalist he was he was a voice for lgbt rights in in honduras um and in particular eric martinez was also a human rights activist in hiv so in a lot of different ways he was um, someone who and he's not the first activist that i know in honduras like i said 75 activists have been killed in honduras in sacudeta um, in 2009. In 2009. Um, it's, it's a very dangerous situation. One of the reasons they're being targeted is because many of them were supportive of the former president. Um, so this is both political. It is both political and, and cultural. And cultural. Um, you know, they, the, the, sort of, the sort of most famous uh, LGBT activist in Honduras has had a police escort for the last five years because his life has been threatened repeatedly. So the state has a responsibility here too. Well, when they want to take it on, he's smart enough to be able to get himself police um, protection. Not everybody can do that. So back to the original question, why these why color the differences and disparities? Well, you know, it has to do with the fact that, you know, um, the trans movement in Argentina, the movement for for transgender rights in Argentina has a long, long history. It has a long history of working with the government to make um, the lives of transgender women dip, you know, different and easier. Um, transgender women in Argentina don't have to have this sort of traditional role of sex work as their only option um, in order to survive. In Argentina, they have an openly transgender um, I guess the equivalent in the U.S. would be a representative. Um, so it's a different story. Argentina is a totally different story in terms of LGBT So a member rights. of Congress. A member of Congress who's an openly transgender woman. And you have members of Congress who, without being members of the LGBT community, have been fighting for LGBT rights because they think it's a human rights issue, because they think it's an important issue for years. Um, LGBT activists were influential during the dictadura. Um, they've it's a different place. They're in a very different place politically in Argentina. In terms of gender generally, the feminist in Argentina, not that the feminist in Honduras haven't been struggling and fighting for years. They have, don't get me wrong. Central American activists are among, you know, feminist activists are among the bravest women in the world because they're taking their lives into their own hands when they do feminism. Forget about LGBT rights. So um, it's just the Argentinian women have been more successful. Um, you also have a legal system that... Is that a cultural difference then between Honduras and Argentina? 
I think it's a, not I as think much it's the an economic difference. I think it's an economic difference. I think it's far easier to be feminist when there's a very strong middle class. Even with the devaluación uh, del peso, you know, you can't compare. Honduras is the Mali of Latin America. The only place that's poorer than Honduras is Haiti. So, you know, you can't compare. They're two, two totally different economies. They're two totally different legal systems. They're, you know, the only thing they have in common is they both speak Spanish. That's and, about it. And this tells us the polar opposites in Latin America. Is yeah. The norm is somewhere in between. Uh, I don't think so. I think the norm is pretty, pretty conservative. You have really strong Catholic churches where, with the exception of maybe Mexico and Argentina and Brazil, where either there are other religions that compete for power, or in the case of Mexico, they went to war to ensure a lay state. You know, you had the war de los cristeros um, to separate At the end of state. the Mexican Revolution. At the end of the Mexican Revolution, exactly. Um, you know, the Mexican nation state defines itself as a place where church has a place, but it has, it has no place deciding government issues. They will vote pro-LGBT rights, just so that they are not letting the church decide what they're doing. I mean, it's a matter of pride that they're, like, that they're a lay state. Costa Rica, on the other hand, is Catholic by constitution. That's insane. You can't start a political process in Argentina, in Costa Rica, excuse me, without there being a freaking priest present. So, you know, it, there's a lot of different things. Honduras is very poor, very, very poor. I mean, it's, like I said, it's Honduras and then Haiti. Maybe, maybe Bolivia is in there somewhere. Um, so I think that has a huge influence. You know, if you don't have time to eat, you don't have time to be fighting for people's rights. Let's move back to Mexico just, just for a bit because I think you opened the door on some interesting things there. Yes, a secular state, and yes, the, the, we've had 12 years now of conservative politics, yeah. pro-Catholic politics in, mm. in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, Mexico is a strongly federated country. So, yes, it's true that the PAN has had some influence, but the PRI was there for 70 years. You don't get rid of 70 years that easily. And the PRI, the longtime ruling party, may be coming back. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, El Junque only has so much power, and only for so long. And eventually they decide it's not good for business to, to just have the PAN in there. Um, it's politically expedient to have... Um, alternacy, and so that's what you're going to get eventually in Mexico. I don't, I don't think you're going to get a PRD candidate to be president for a while, um, but certainly the PRI will be back. Now, what happens with a federated state? As much central control as Mexico has, and it has a level of central control that far exceeds the U.S. All state taxes go into a federal fund and then get given back to the states. You don't have that in the U.S. The states are still really strong, and there's a number of incredibly strong, incredibly progressive PRD governors. Who, are, who changed sort of the makeup of the country in some interesting ways. So, yeah, I mean, the PAN has been at the federal level in power, but they haven't even had, um, but they haven't been able to influence Congress or influence the states in quite the ways that um, you get in the U.S. So, yes, the PAN's in power, but that's something you have to sort of look at with, you know, a fine-toothed comb. Um, We're doing this interview at the end of the Latin American Studies Association mm -hmm. Congress, um, and LGBT issues have been 
front and center mm -hmm. at this particular Congress, I would say like no other time that mm -hmm. I've seen. Um, is this really a breakthrough for the discussion of LGBT oh, yeah. issues? I mean, I think, look what you have. You have a Mexico City that now for, what is it, three years maybe, has had the legal equivalent of marriage for gay and lesbian folks. And really anybody who wants to avail themselves of the law. All you have to do is say that you're financially responsible for each other. It has no sexual component. It doesn't care whether you're same sex or different sex. It's it's not unlike a common law marriage, but it's something that gets you a certificate and it gets you a ceremony, um, a quite lovely ceremony. Um, and the other thing that happens, I mean, and, and people ask, like, how did Mexico City do that? How did a, Catholic, a country as Catholic as Mexico accept gay marriage? Well, it didn't accept gay marriage. It accepted something called a sociedad de convivencia, a society of conviviality. And why do they accept it? They accept it because... Is it like legal unions in the United States and the difference between those? It's not unlike civil unions, not unlike civil unions. Um, and actually much better than a, than a marriage because under Mexican law, and why is it possible? It's possible for a number of different reasons, and I'll get back to um, the Mexican law bit in a minute. In Mexico, unlike in the U.S., the only place where you can get married is in the county office. When you get married in a church, you're not legally married. So Mexicans understand in a way that you can't in North America, or at least not in the U.S., that marriage is a legal contract. And marriage is something that doesn't necessarily have to at all be linked to religion. Because in order to eat, when you get married in a church in Mexico, you still have to go to the county office, or if you're lucky and they still do it in your state, the county office has to come to you. And you have to, be, you have to sign legal documents in front of a lawyer, a city lawyer, before you're married. So to them, extending those rights to, to same-sex couples or even to old ladies who live together and don't want their family deciding where their money goes or you know, business partners who want something more concrete than you know, a, a legal partnership will offer, they've got a sociedad de convivencia. Um, and the Sociedad de Convivencia allows you to do something that you can't do with straight marriage, which is straight marriage in Mexico comes in two colors. You can get married under bienes mancomunados, which means that everything you bring into the marriage and everything you make during the course of the marriage at the dissolution of the marriage gets divided evenly. Or you can get married under bienes separados, which means that when you get divorced, what you brought into the marriage is yours. And what you made it during the marriage is evenly divided, unless it's something that you clearly established was yours. So you've established that in Mexico City, there's something equivalent to gay marriage. There's gay marriage in Argentina for at least the past two years. There is gay marriage in Argentina. Why do we see now Latin America much more progressive than the United States on this? Because the United States is so far behind the eight ball that anybody can be more progressive than the U.S. Cuba's having some interesting conversations about a, fi a legal figure not unlike common law marriages. Again, a decision that fighting the marriage battle would be a waste of time. Um, and it's got the support of Maniera Castro openly, and it has the support of the president privately. So it may happen. The Communist Party takes a long time to make decisions, and so it's in discussion, which is already a plus. Um, Ms. Castro's visit here certainly opened up this discussion to a wider audience. I think so, yeah. What were your impressions of her visit? Her visit to the U.S.? To the conference and, and what it had to say. You know, I think it's always interesting to hear what Mariela has to say. You know, you have to remember that Mariela's the product of two very interesting people. 
her father, Raul Castro, and much more importantly for the LGBT rights piece, Vilma Espin, who is the one of the founders of the Cuban Federation of Women. Vilma was a fighter for transgender rights in the 60s. You know, this is not a new topic for the, for the party. It's had unfortunate moments where decisions were made that were uh, probably less than wise, but it has consistently come out on the side of being much more progressive than other communist governments in terms of LGBT rights. Um, or at least it's working in that direction. There's much more that needs to be done, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, it's a country where transgender women can get free operation. Mirka Negroni, thank you very much for joining us today on Latin Pulse. Mirka Negroni of San Francisco State University. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Latin Pulse is available on the web and via iTunes. To see the Latin Pulse archives of video programs on Latin America, you can check out Link TV's website, www.linktv, all one word, .org, and then forward slash Latin Pulse, also all one word. That's www.linktv.org forward slash Latin Pulse. If you'd like to comment on this week's program, you may leave us a message online via SoundCloud or on Facebook, or you can write us via email. You can find us at latinpulse at gmx.com. That's latinpulse, all one word, at gmx.com. Travel support for this week's program provided by the Center for Latin American and Latino Studies at American University and by the School of Communication, also at American University. Thanks for joining us this week on Latin Pulse. For social producer Vanessa Jesus Gonzati, writer Lydia Bayoud, and announcer Victor Kilo, I'm Rick Rockwell. Escucho nosotros, gracias por su tiempo. Latin Pulse is sponsored by American University's Center for Latin American and Latino Studies. The program is produced in Washington, D.C. at American University School of Communication with the support of Link TV. Theme music provided by Link TV and additional music from Canary Productions and Bath Time Music Publishing. This program is copyright 2012, Las Rocas Productions.